the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And a good evening, good morning, good afternoon, however you are listening or whenever you are listening to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer right now, it is the nighttime. It's Saturday night. We've got a fantastic show for you and uh, some craft beer guests that will be joining me this hour. The usual news and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me? Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. Uh, via email at albertg at nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes, Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms as well as SoundCloud. Uh, I think if you look up Algatulo Craft Beer Cast, you'll find it on there as well. A little Queensryche, uh, and it's going to be a Queensryche hour on this program in terms of the music. Uh, got a chance to see them, the new incarnation of the band, uh, on Thursday over at the Bergen Pack. What a tremendous job. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, ever since um, Jeff Tate left, uh, the band informed his own band that he wanted to call Queensryche. They are calling it Queensryche. Who's calling it Queensryche? Well, listen, Todd Dillator, uh, who was a, um, a cover band guy singing in a few different bands, uh, comes in, takes over as the lead singer for Queensryche. The guy is good. He can really knock it out of the park. And to be honest with you, the last time I saw Queensryche with Jeff Tate over at Irving Plaza, I thought Tate had a little bit, you know, just shaved off his fastball a little bit. Uh, didn't really sound as good as I, you know, had always heard. Uh, was a little disappointed in it and in and in him. And then uh, there were uh, obviously internal squabbles uh, with the band, which led to Jeff leaving, forming his own group and calling it Queensryche. I think he got Rudy Sarzo, and I can't remember a couple of other guys uh, to go in the band. And I don't know, to be honest with you, and I should know this, but I don't, I don't know if Jeff Tate's Queensryche is actually touring anymore. I think they are. Maybe they took a break. I'm not really sure. But this new uh, incarnation of Queensryche, great job. Uh, just a fun night with my best friend, Mark. We had a blast uh, over at the Bergen Pack. And, uh, you know, to me, when the tickets are really, really cheap and it's a good band, man, makes for a good night. So we'll be sprinkling uh, in uh, little Queensryche during the breaks here. That's the killing words from a very underrated Queensryche album, Rage for Order, back in the early 80s, before Operation Mindcrime came out in 1987, just about the end of 87, beginning of 88. Rage for Order was in 85, uh, 85, 86, and boy, I'll tell you, this was a great album. Uh, another concept album from these guys, and a lot of people didn't get it. They wore like crazy, weird makeup, and people thought they were glamming out, but uh, the, the talent, unmistakable. Uh, from Queensryche. Now, our guest tonight on the Craft Beer Cast, first up, Mike Geller uh, from 3-3's Brewing is going to join me. Ran into these guys in South Jersey at the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival back in April, producing some real delicious beer. Mike's going to tell you and I all about the brewery, what's coming up very soon, and all that good stuff in about 10 minutes. At the bottom of the hour, Blake Tomnitz and Kevin O'Donnell, partners at a brand new brewery uh, that has just opened in New York City. It's called Five Burrows Brewing. Now, we have Frank Morano, who's on the Joe Piscopo Show, does his own show on Sunday mornings. Uh, they gave him the nickname of uh, Frankie Five Burrows. Well, there's a Five Burrows Brewing now. These guys spreading their brew all over the city. We will discuss how that's going and more uh, coming up about 20 minutes from now. But to get into some news and notes here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, last week, Al Smith Brewing announced the release of an Insta Whale. It's known as a double barrel aged Speedway Stout. It was to be sold online like their other barrel aged beers, also slated to be poured at their 22nd anniversary party. However, 
Alesmith uh, has stopped the release of this beer. Uh, they apparently had a recall recently on their rum barrel-aged old numbskull due to infection, and uh, it seems as though they are holding back on this one. Maybe there's a possibility of infection in it. Maybe they want to just make sure that they get a solid brew out there and, you know, not wasting people's money and having to refund it. So uh, Alesmith uh, Brewing is uh, postponing uh, the release of their double-barrel-aged uh, Speedway Stouts. So you'll have to wait for that. As soon as we get news on that, obviously, we will get it to you. And 3-3's Brewing, who I just said Mike Geller is going to join us on the program uh, coming up in the next segment, they are having their first can release, which is coming up on August 25th. It's called Drenched. It is a New England-style IPA. It's going to be uh, taking place at 3 p.m. on August 25th. That's when it will be released. And just so that you're aware, for those of you who live in the state of New Jersey, this beer is not going to be released for distribution. It will only be available at the brewery. Uh, Cans are going to get sold in four packs for $16 each with no limits. So there you go. Three Threes Brewing announcing their first can released, Drenched. It's a New England-style IPA. It's going to be at 3 o'clock on August 25th. We'll get more from Mike Geller uh, from Three Threes Brewing coming up uh, in just about uh, you know seven to eight minutes from now. As we continue on our news and notes segment on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So for those of you who have been living under a rock and don't know that this coming Monday, there will be a total solar eclipse. First time it's happened in over 100 years. Not going to see one again, I don't know, for 60, 75, 80 years, whatever it is. So uh, the folks from craftbeer.com came out with this great piece. Where can you view the solar eclipse from a brewery? So they put together a list of 10 breweries with a great view of the solar eclipse. We're going to tweet the link out, and I think this is really cool. So starting at 1017 a.m. local time in Salem, Oregon, Gilgamesh Brewing, uh, for a total of 1 minute and 54 seconds is about how long you're going to see the eclipse. They are doing theirs. It's Apparently, Portland has 99.3% coverage of the of the eclipse. Uh, they're uh, launching an all-day party at Gilgamesh Brewing with a breakfast starting at 8 a.m., included in the $25 ticket, buffet breakfast, a 22-ounce bottle of its commemorative eclipse beer, and lawn access for some of the best viewing in all of Oregon. Idaho Brewing uh, at 11.32 local time. For a minute and 41 seconds, we'll be doing their uh, viewing party. It's going to start also at 8 a.m. You can order uh, from a food trailer, drink where the sun don't shine, total eclipse porter from the brewery's parking lot. Also as a bonus, uh, Idaho Falls, uh, for those of you who don't know, is about a two-hour drive to Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks if you want to go for a little hike and work off that beer after that. Prairie Pride Brewing Company. Uh, which is lo- with Kincader Brewing Company located in Grand Island, Nebraska. Uh, at tw- the, Their uh, view of the eclipse will take place at 12.58 p.m. local time for 2 minutes and 34 seconds. Uh, the brewery normally opens at 4 o'clock on Mondays. They're going to get things started at 11 a.m. They've brewed a Saison for the solar event. Uh, keep in mind, Nebraska is one of three states, along with Tennessee and Kentucky, it bridges two time zones. Prairie Pride uh, is in the central time zone, and again, they're going to get a viewing of about two minutes and 34 seconds. And then, uh, let's see, Logboat Brewing Company in Columbia, Missouri, uh, that will start at 1.12 p.m., their eclipse. They are opening their doors at 10 a.m. They're going to have a beer release, Moon Spec, a black ale being released in cans that afternoon. Uh, Hopkinsville Brewing Company in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, uh, their time for the solar eclipse is at 1.24 p.m. for 2 minutes and 40 seconds. They are going to be having a limited beer release. Let's see. They are playing with the themes of light and dark. It's a pale ale dubbed Annularity and a stout called Night Rider. They're planning to be open from noon until 3 p.m. on Monday. Tennessee Valley Brewing Company also doing uh, a, a release. 
They are opening. Let's see. They just they just opened on July first. I'm trying to see here. Where are they going to? They haven't mentioned what time. So you'll have to check them out if you want. To, if you're in the Tennessee area and you want to get over there, and they are located in Clarksville, Tennessee, uh, Franklin, North Carolina, Currahee Brewing. Uh, at 2.35 p.m. is when the eclipse will hit for them. Uh, and well, this is one of the, I guess, better spots that you can uh, watch it. They're going to open their brewery at noon. River Rep Brewing in Columbia, South Carolina is going to do do something. Swamp Cabbage Brewing. There's a whole list of them here. Uh, again, like I said, we're going to uh, tweet the link out so that you guys can check that out. And uh, if you're in any of those areas, you can go you know, check out the solar eclipse. Now, listen, uh, if you have the glasses, you're going to look up. Just do me a favor. Don't look up directly at the sun, please. All right? Okay? You want to save your eyes. But continue listening to this show. As we continue on with the news and notes segment here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So four craft breweries have shuttered in less than two weeks. This information coming from Brewbaum, uh, the most well-known of which Rubicon Brewing Company had operated in Sacramento for nearly 30 years. Uh, August 7th, uh, the Rubicon owner, Glenn, uh, Glenn Phillips, said they are permanently closing. Actually, they just closed um, about a day or so ago. He said that... Um, Food service at Rubicon's Midtown Brew Pub already ceased. Beer service would continue through the end of the month or until they run out of beer. Um, in an interview with the Sacramento Bee, Phillips basically said uh, the business was challenged by declining cash flow as a result of increased competition. They've had more breweries opening in and around the Sacramento area. He says, Phillips, uh, that when he, he bought the place in 2005, there were five breweries in town. Now it's closer to 80. So uh, obviously he was getting under increased competition, couldn't meet with the demand. Um, American River Brewing in Rancho Cordova uh, opened in 2012. They have ceased operations. Uh, their sales declined 2% last year, about 1,295 barrels. Uh, Cincinnati-based Blank Slate Brewing abruptly closed. A uh, message on the company's website reads, closed, thanks for the memories. They opened in 2012 and um, uh, had about just a little over 1,100 barrels in 2016. And finally, North Carolina's Tipping Point Brewery closed down its Waynesville Brew Pub at the end of July, the owner, though, John Bowman, says uh, he wants to get out of the restaurant business but would continue to brew beer. Uh, so he's planning on opening. He signed a lease. He's going to be opening in another location. Uh, the details forthcoming on that one. So uh, interesting. And I think what we're seeing here, again, is a pattern. If you're not putting out consistently good beer at a good price and you don't have people coming in and there's a buzz, you're going you're gonna to be out of business. You put you put good, uh, good beer together. You produce good beer. You're going to make some money, and you're going to continue to keep your business. Now, one of those breweries, local brewery by me, Wet Ticket Brewing. I was over there uh, last weekend uh, with a couple of friends, bought a couple of flights, got some growlers uh, to bring back home. I've now tried all of Wet Ticket's current beers that are on tap. We'll talk about that in our Suds and Duds segment. And what a great job that Tim Pewitt is doing with this little brewery over in Rahway, New Jersey. It is a, a five stops on the train. If you're coming from the city, you definitely have to check it out. You really should get over there and try their beer. We'll talk about it in our Suds and Duds segment coming up in the final segment of the program. But when we come back after a short break, Mike Geller from 3-3's Brewing is going to join me. Just getting started on this program, folks. It focuses on that delicious beverage made with barley and hops. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Carol Marx is one of America's leading experts on upper demographic issues and a champion in the battle against ageism. She hosts a weekly radio program devoted entirely to making life better for America's seasoned citizens and their families. Getting older requires strength and courage. Getting older requires community. Getting older requires information. A Touch of Grey, the talk show for grown-ups, Sunday afternoons, 1 to 2, right here on AM 970, The Answer. 
Two years ago, more than 500 business and political leaders came to New Jersey's first-ever business summit in Atlantic City. They discussed how they could work together to solve key issues hampering our state's economic growth. And out of that summit came action. We saw taxes reduced and the trust fund for rebuilding our infrastructure fully funded once again. Many of the summit's participants came together to create Opportunity New Jersey, a coalition dedicated to making our state more competitive and more affordable. In this election year, Opportunity New Jersey wants to make sure both candidates support common-sense fiscal policies that will meet these goals. That is why Opportunity New Jersey will host the 2017 Affordability Summit on Monday, September 18th at First Baptist Church of Lincoln Gardens in Somerset. Join us at this Affordability Summit and add your voice to those who want to see New Jersey move forward. To register, call Opportunity New Jersey at 609 That's 609-393-6998. Or visit OpportunityNJ.org. This message sponsored by the New Jersey State Chamber of Commerce, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. It was a moment 15 years in the making. The eyes of the nation watched on a day dedicated to two teams and one game. It's Army and Navy for the 117th time. And then it happened. The streak is going to come to an end. Ari defeats Navy by the final score of 21-17. What stories will unfold this year? The excitement of Black Knights football begins September 1st on our sister station, AM570 WMCA. Dennis Prager here. And for two years now, I've been telling you about my wife, Sue, who tried Relief Factor because of her knee pain, and it worked. This is before I ever even heard about the product. I never endorsed a pain reliever, but now I am. And yes, now I'm taking Relief Factor too. Maybe you've heard me call it a miracle. In fact, listen to what Amanda from Texas wrote. I was having pain in my left thumb area and left side of my leg from my knee about four inches up. After about a week of taking Relief Factor, the pain in my leg has gone away. And a few days later, the pain in my left hand is gone. We've gotten thousands of these testimonials, and if you're struggling with ongoing back or neck pain, shoulder, hip, or knee pain, or general muscle aches and pain, do what my wife Sue did, try Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com or call them toll-free Cast on AM 970. The answer you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gatulo, Instagram at Gatulo. That's G A T U L O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Email at Albert G and NYC Radio.com. Don't forget iTunes, Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every single Craft Beer Cast right from one of those platforms. Now, my guest on the cast, as we continue with the little Queensryche theme here on the show, Thursday night was uh, Queensryche at uh, the Bergen Pack. Had a great time seeing them and their new lead singer, Todd De La Torre. That was uh, Resistance from the Empire album, another one of favorites of mine. Of course, I'm more partial to Operation Mindcrime than the other ones. But my guest here on the cast, he's one of the brewers for a South Jersey brewery in Hamilton, New Jersey. 33sbrewing.com. That's three, then the number three with an S, brewing.com. That's the website for more information. Met these guys at the Atlantic City uh, Beer and Music Festival back in April. Had a chance to try one of their beers. Fantastic stuff. They are pumping out some great beer 
down in South Jersey, and really South Jersey getting this big resurgence now. Uh, a lot of small businesses, a lot of local businesses getting in there. But let me welcome in Mike Geller to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Mike, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Al. You got it. Now, Mike, how did you get your start brewing beer? Were you a home brewer? I absolutely was. Uh, I lived up in Massachusetts and just kind of fell in love with the New England IPAs and uh, decided to try my hand at making some at home. Oh, very. and how long ago did you get started with that? Uh, a few years back, probably about three or four years ago. Oh, very cool. So now now you, you've just cu- uh, started with the company a few months back, but you guys decided to settle in Hammington. How did it feel, though, to be opening a brewery right down the street from Tom Foolery Brewing? Was it a sense of competition, maybe a little collaboration, or it just happened to be the real estate was the, it was the perfect spot for what you guys were doing? I think it was the, the, the real estate was really the perfect spot for what we were trying to do. Um, and we all did open about the same time. I think it was a couple of weeks between when Tom Foolery opened and when we opened. Right. And, and how does that, I mean, it, it's kind of, I, I shouldn't say it's unique, but um, is it odd being right, right down the street or right up the street from however you're looking at it uh, to another brewery? I know that, you know, uh, a lot of people in the brewing business, it's everybody's trying to help one another and, you know, you're all trying to make a dollar. But um, it, was it a, a sense of camaraderie like, hey, great, we got another guy in the neighborhood, you know, and, and we can kind of, you know, pitch ideas and help out? That's exactly how it is. You know, I think it's great. Um, it sort of makes Hamilton a bit of a destination. Um, you know, you're not driving a half hour or 40 minutes to hit one brewery. Uh, you're able to hit one, two, and we're really walking distance apart. Um, and to add to that, you know, we'll have a third brewery opening in town uh, in a couple weeks here, which I think, again, just adds more to, you know, the destination theme that we're going for. And I also think it's it's an, uh, an accomplishment for the town itself that, that they're embracing uh, these types of local businesses and not just want to have one, but a number of them. Because, listen, it's, it's, it's okay to spread the... Uh, to spread the, uh, the the joy around, especially you guys are all cranking out great beer. Uh, it's nice to be able to sample these different things. And like you said, in walking distance, which is fantastic. But I think it also um, shows the merit of small towns now, especially in New Jersey, that they're embracing this concept of having a brewery in town. I couldn't agree more. You know, the town has been, it's been great to us. There's a lot of local festivals um, that both ourselves and Tom Fuller are able to be a part of. Um, and it's just a good sense of community, even in the tap room. Um, you know, everybody comes in, and it's uncommon to leave without new friends. And uh, I think that's really what the beer business is about. We're talking with Mike Geller. He's a brewer for Three Threes Brewery out of Hamington, New Jersey, down south Jersey. Threethreesbrewing.com is the website for more information. It's the, it's the word three followed by the number three with the letter S, brewing.com. That's the website for more information. So, Mike, let's talk about this canning release that's coming up on August 25th. This is the first time that you guys are canning a beer, correct? That's true, yes. We'll be canning uh, Drenched, which is one of our New England-style IPAs. Uh, I think that was actually the one that you were drinking down at AC Beer Fest. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, we did the beer specifically for AC Beer Fest, and it was just well-received there as well as in our tap room. So we've decided to uh, make that our first can release. And uh, why did you why did you guys decide not to distribute the beer outside of the brewery? That if you want the cans, you can only come to you guys, as opposed to I know a lot of places they'll have it available at the brewery and then they'll have it at other places for public consumption. Uh, what was the reasoning behind that? So unfortunately, we we're a small brewery. We're only a ten barrel system, and we just don't make enough beer um, to be able to to do both. Okay. Um, you know, we certainly wouldn't want to pick and choose and play favorites with any of the you know our, our liquor store partners. Um, or beer store partners. Um, so we chose to keep the, the small amount that we will have all in-house. 
We're talking with Mike Geller. Uh, he's a brewer for Three Threes Brewery out of Hamilton, New Jersey. Three uh, Threes Brewing.com, the website for more information. As I said again, three, the, the, the word three followed by the number three, sbrewing.com, the website for more information here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Mike, in your opinion, what is the biggest misconception about craft beer that people who don't drink craft have? Uh, that it's unapproachable. Um, you know, we, we see a lot of people that come in that are, are, you know, big beer drinkers. And when I say big beer, I mean the really light pilsners and, right. and things like that. Um, and they seem to have this conception that craft beer isn't for them um, and that it's not approachable. Um, so we try to educate them and show them that, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a super bitter, you know, typical West Coast style IPA. There's certainly other styles, Hefeweizens or Saison's. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know are certainly more approachable and, and very drinkable. And, and you were talking. You just mentioned saisons. Uh, I saw a tweet earlier uh, in in the week uh, of this blueberry saison that you guys have out. Talk to me about this because I love blueberries, and yeah, you're obviously so, in the perfect location, being in the blueberry capital of the world down in South Jersey. Talk to me a little about this blueberry saison. Absolutely. So, uh, like you said, you know, being in Hamilton, we had to do something with blueberries, and to us. You know, a Saison is just a great, crisp, uh, light-style beer that's great for the hot summer weather. Mm. Um, so what we do is we age our beer, or we use about 125 pounds of, of local berries, um, you know, that we, we get from the local farms here um, to age that beer on about three to four weeks on the berries. Uh, just gives it a nice blue hue to it and uh, a nice crisp flavor. Excellent. And what other uh, new releases do you guys have coming up in uh, in the next couple of months? So we're starting to get towards fall, and I know everybody thinks of dark beer, and we're thinking of it a little bit differently. So uh, we're working on a new New England-style red IPA, which uh, I haven't seen too many of, if any, out there. Um, so we're pretty excited about that, to kind of take that red IPA and, and go in a little bit different direction than most people do. Uh, so, and Which is interesting because now you're seeing, which I can't stand, but I understand why the industry does it, putting out Oktoberfest beers and pumpkin ales, and they start doing it in, in August. I want to enjoy my summer months before I start diving into, you know, those fall and winter beers. But from a marketing standpoint, a business standpoint, I get it, uh, why they have to put them out so early. So you guys are not going to put out a, a traditional Oktoberfest or anything like that? We don't have that in the works for this year, um, unfortunately. You know, I, I do absolutely love the Oktoberfest style beers, but I couldn't, I absolutely agree with you as well that it's, it's a bit early to be drinking them this time of year. Right. Um, you know, to me, that's more of a October, November type beer. That's just great. And and Mike, you guys obviously you're a small operation. You have you know the uh, the other breweries that are in in and around the town and the smaller breweries in in uh, South Jersey. And and let's face it, mo- in most of Jersey is uh, is micro breweries. I mean, there are a couple of you know big ones, but most everyone is is a micro brewery right now, trying to carve out their niche here. But we're seeing so many breweries opening up around the country. There's over five thousand now. Uh, we're seeing a lot of um, these mid-sized brewers either uh, being acquired by Big Beer or they're going out of business. Do you think that we're seeing a, a craft beer bubble, or do you think that the market can, can sustain itself at its current rate of expansion? Well, I don't know that we can sustain the current rate of expansion, but I don't think that we're quite at a bubble yet. Um, I think every day there's, there's a hopefully a new craft beer drinker out there, so the market is continuously growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that beer is just a wonderful thing. It's like food. Um, you know, there will never be too many restaurants. I don't think there will be too many breweries because there's so many different ingredients for us to play with and there's so many different directions to go with beer that, um, you know, we're not really reinventing the wheel. We're still inventing new ways to, to get around, I think. And, and do you find when people come in, though, especially people for the first time, you know, like, you know, people that go to wineries and taste and sample different wines and stuff, but do you find when you go into 
Uh, you find people coming in for the first time to the brewery. It's almost like, you know, I'm not sure what I, I used to drink Bud or I used to drink Coors Light. Can you find something that fits the taste of every person? I don't think you can ever find something that fits the taste of every person. Um, but I do think that the majority of people were able to find something, you know, on our menu each day that, that they're able to, to enjoy. Um, you know, there's always going to be that oddball that, you know, only drinks liquor or only likes wine or doesn't drink. Right. Um, and that's fine. And there, there's absolutely nothing wrong with any of those choices. I mean, I enjoy a glass of wine every now and again myself. So. Sure. And and what is it? Last question from me, Mike. And we're talking with Mike Geller, uh, brewer for Three Threes Brewery out of Hamilton, New Jersey. Three Threes Brewing dot com is the website for more information. Very simple: the word three, the number three, and s Brewing dot com. That's their website for more information. Last one from me, Mike. What was it that turned you on about New England IPAs that you found to be your favorite? I, everybody has their you know favorite IPA, or most people do. I enjoy the New England IPAs for the the, the juice bomb factor of it. I love it that it looks. Like, everybody says, "Oh, it looks like a glass of orange juice." You know what? I like that. I like that that deep citrus flavor that you get out of it that just kind of explodes in your mouth. Yeah, I definitely agree. But I, I think it's more than just that. You know, the color is not really, or the, the haze isn't really what we're aiming for when we're designing a beer. We're aiming for those flavors that you're tasting. Hmm. And obviously the visual aspect is part of what you're tasting. Um, so it kind of goes hand in hand together. But um, I just enjoy the different hops combinations that you can come up with you know everybody's using for say citra hops but uh you know depending on when you add them and what you pair them with just the subtleties and, and how much you're able to do within the style of beer to me is is a lot of fun you know it makes it interesting and and um always a challenge to come up with a new recipe that uh you know isn't something that's been done before my guest has been Mike Geller. He's a brewer for Three Threes Brewery out of Hamington, New Jersey, on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, 33s is the website for more information. That's three, the word three, the number three, the letter S, brewing.com. That's their website. Mike, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thanks, Al. We hope to see you soon. You got it. When we come back, the partners from Five Boroughs Brewing, Blake Tomnitz and Kevin O'Donnell, will join me. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's partly cloudy, 81 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. Police have arrested an East Village man for allegedly taking pictures of a female neighbor through her window. The Daily News reports the woman was undressed when she spotted Eddie Wong holding his phone while facing her apartment as he stood on the fire escape outside her window. The East 9th Street Building's co-op board has filed a civil suit but is not seeking eviction. Officials say the board just wants a judge to order Wong to stop all sexually predatory behavior. A sinkhole is forcing people from their homes in the Bronx. FDNY says a water main broke around 4.30 yesterday afternoon in the Van Ness section, causing a sinkhole to open and leading to the evacuation of three homes. The Red Cross is assisting those displaced. Con Ed, the Department of Environmental Protection and the Office of Emergency Management investigated. The building's department was on scene to inspect the three buildings for stability. A white nationalist featured in a Vice News documentary concerning the protest in Charlottesville, Virginia, appears to have once ran for office on Long Island. Suffolk County political operatives say they recognize 36-year-old Christopher Cantwell, given his bid to run as a Libertarian Party candidate in 2009. The documentary shows Cantwell talking about violence and chanting anti-Semitic slogans. In sports, the Marlins and the Mets are scoreless in the fourth inning at City Field, and the Yankees lead the Red Sox 3-0 in the third inning. Also preseason football in Detroit, Lions 3, Jets nothing in the first quarter. 
Time to check the traffic. The Garden State Parkway with the off-ramp northbound at exit 139 closed with an accident investigation. Still heavy on the turnpike both ways at exit 13 and on the George Washington Bridge. A delay of up to 15 minutes for both inbound upper and lower levels. Lincoln looking good either way. 15 at the inbound Holland, 20 outbound. You now know how not to go. The weather forecast for tonight, partly cloudy, low 75. And then Sunday and Monday, mostly sunny skies each day with a high temperature between 85 and 90 degrees. I'm Dave Banning, AM 970, The Answer. If you're a CPAP user, soap and water cleaning may leave harmful bacteria, viruses, and mold that can make you sick. That alone will keep you up at night. Until now, SoClean.com is the world's first and only automated, hands-free CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. SoClean kills 99.9% of all CPAP germs without soap, water, harsh chemicals, or even equipment disassembly. And now, you can try it risk-free for 30 days. Call 1-800-953-4545. SoClean changed the CPAP experience for the better. My health has improved. It's simple to use, and I'm not worried about infections. SoClean's revolutionary design makes it easy to clean your CPAP and protect you against CPAP related illnesses. Plus, SoClean works with all popular CPAP devices to clean them in minutes. It really is that easy. Don't risk your health. Call SoClean.com now to try it risk-free for 30 days. Call 1-800-953-4545. This offer won't last. Call now. 800-953-4545. 800-953-4545. Ever wonder what the real story is behind a headline-making legal case? Or the reasons for a judge's decision? Well, every weekend on our station, Champions of Justice with Tom Girardi features revealing interviews with those who make the laws and those who protect your rights through the rule of law. Tom asks the questions, and you get to hear the revealing answers. So join us Sunday mornings at 10 for Champions of Justice here on AM 970, The Answer. The sounds of summer, kids playing, birds chirping, the ice cream truck. Too bad all you can hear is that ringing in your ears. It's your tinnitus, actually pronounced tinnitus. If it's driving you crazy, call Dr. Melody Hertzfeld and Associates on Long Island. They specialize in treating tinnitus patients just like you. Hi, this is Dr. Melanie Hertzfeld. Our office has a variety of proven tinnitus therapies. If your ears are ringing, give us a call. Call Dr. Melanie Hertzfeld and Associates, 516-364-0011. 516-364-0011. Listen to Joe Piscopo in the morning, weekdays at 6. Mike Gallagher at 10 on AM 970. The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo. Instagram at Gatulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast via email at albertgnnycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can listen to every single Craft Beer Cast right from there. You can download it, put it on your iPod, your MP3 player, whatever you want to do. A little Queensryche from Rage for Order, The Whisper. I got a chance to check these guys out this past Thursday over at the Bergen Pack with their new singer, Todd De La Torre. They did a phenomenal job. So it's an all-Queensryche uh, Al Gattulo craft beer cast this weekend. Uh, so hope you enjoy uh, the, the good old metal 
uh, from back in the 80s. Now, my guests on the cast here, they are the co-owners of a brand-new brewery in New York City, and specifically the borough of Brooklyn. But they're not just about Brooklyn. They are all about the five boroughs, and coincidentally enough, that's the name of their brewery. Five Boroughs Brewing is the name of the company. Fiveboroughs.com is the website for more information. Let me welcome in Kevin O'Donnell and Blake Tomnitz to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, now, guys, how did Five Boroughs get its start? Five Boroughs actually got its start back in 2011, crazily enough. Uh, I was a home brewer in college up in Boston. Walked into a homebrew shop over in Cambridge and bought a carboy and a homebrew setup and started brewing in my dorm room. Uh, got all my equipment confiscated, uh, so I started homebrewing out in Native Mass. I'm west of Boston. Teamed up with Kevin here in the city. Uh, we were big craft beer lovers, attended events all throughout the city, and for the longest time we're looking at the New York City beer scene and wondering if there was you know, ever a holistic or comprehensive New York City brewery concept, and we didn't see one. We saw a lot of borough-centric, neighborhood-centric concepts, and we really wanted a brewery and a brand and a culture that it didn't matter what borough or neighborhood you were from. This was your beer and this was your brewery. So, so that's where. So, out of all the names, my, my, my next question was going to be: out of all the names you could pick in your brewery located in Brooklyn, why five boroughs? You wanted to be representative of, of all five boroughs. But how is that? How is that happening in the beer? Are different ingredients made in the different you know five boroughs that you're getting from your products? How, why, why the name? I think it was more about being able to have the reach to all five boroughs. Okay. So being able to get beer out to the different neighborhoods and being able to make enough beer that we could support that kind of reach uh, throughout the throughout the entire city. Talking with Kevin O'Donnell and Blake Tomnitz, the co-owners of a brand new brewery in New York City, specifically the borough of Brooklyn. It's called Five Boroughs Brewing. Fiveboroughs.com, the website for more information here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So, guys, what sets your beers apart from the others that are made in and around New York City? Aside from the fact that you want it to be all-inclusive to the five boroughs, what else sets you, sets you apart from the other guys? Well, I think it's again, a lot of it is the scale, right? So, I mean, a 15,000-square-foot production facility with about 10,000 square feet dedicated to production, um, the amount of beer we're able to make on a consistent basis is something that we really thought was important for our brand. Um, strong attention to quality as well. We know a lot of folks are, are obviously paying attention to quality, but uh, we put a, a quality control lab in the facility, and we really wanted to focus on the fact that to make consistent beers, we needed to have a, a strong attention to detail and quality. I think also it comes into the wide variety of different styles we're doing as well. We're trying to hit a ton of different flavor profiles and, and palettes. Uh, craft beer and beer, you know, at the end of the day, is a consumer product goods segment. It's very subjective. So making sure that we're making a wide range of styles and flavors and beers uh, that can hit a wide range of consumers. Uh, guys, uh, and I'll, I'll ask each of you separately, uh, what is the biggest misconception that people have about craft beer? Um, I would say this is Kevin. I would say that it is um, too expensive or, um, you know, there, there's too many flavors going on that, that, that scare people away. I, I think that, that's something that I see a lot. And when I listen to people in bars and they say, oh, the craft beer, that, that's just, you know, it's too expensive and, and it, 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 you know, it's got, a, it's got a flavor profile that is just too extreme. And I think that that's not, I think there are certainly some beers that are expensive and some beers that have pretty eccentric flavors. But I think for the most part, um, you know, the beers are approachable in the craft beer scene. I think people just, um, you know, aren't exactly um, comfortable with it yet. And I, I think a lot of people have a tendency, and maybe it's not just so much about craft beer, but I think we kind of get a brunt of it. They tend to romanticize about the industry quite a bit, you know, thinking that <laughs> we just sit around and drink beers all day and hang out. The fact of the matter is 
working in craft beer is a very labor-intensive, time-intensive, blood, sweat, and tears business, and um, I hope people see that as it comes through into our products. And we're talking with the guys from Five Boroughs Brewing, Kevin O'Donnell and Blake Tomnitz. They're co-owners, a brand-new brewery in New York City, and they're, they're in, they are located in the borough of Brooklyn, but they want to be all-inclusive all over the boroughs of New York City. They're called Five Boroughs Brewing. Fiveboroughs.com is the website for more information. Now, guys, you have a couple of events coming up uh, early next week, as you guys have been doing a whole you know blitz of your beers in all the five boroughs. You're actually going to be at Marshall Stack on Monday, August 21st at 6 o'clock, and then on uh, August 22nd, which is Tuesday uh, at 6, you're going to be at Astoria Beer and Cheese. Uh, The question I have for you, how has the response been to your beers at the other events that you've done? There's such a limited space on taps and bars. Has it been difficult to get your beers into these bars? I think the response has been overwhelmingly positive, and I think it really comes back to the fact that the way we developed some of our core beers for citywide distribution hit a a wide range of palates and flavor profiles. I think people really enjoy the fact that we're trying to create, you know, a community and a culture that spreads across the city. It isn't borough-centric. It isn't neighborhood-centric. And that um, our team is on the ground meeting with people, talking with consumers, talking with retail accounts, and getting feedback. Um, and at the end of the day, it's beer. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be communal. It's supposed to be sociable and personable. Um, and I think people have taken really well to that. And jumping into any business venture, obviously, it's always difficult, no matter what type of product you're selling. Are either of you afraid of the of oversaturation in the craft beer market? Because we've seen so many craft breweries that are opening. There's over 5,000 in the country now. We seem that, I think it's on average of, what, one or two a day that are opening now. Do you guys think the market can sustain itself at its current rate of expansion, or do you think that we're, gonna, we're seeing a bubble that might burst? I think we're seeing a movement towards a very hyper-local scene. I think you look back in, you know, kind of the 2008 onward period for about four years, um, you were looking at a time where there was, crazy year-over-year growth that I think we all knew in the back of our heads was unsustainable. And I think you saw a lot of local breweries evolve at that point in time into regional breweries where it was attracted to be in seven states and two countries. Um, And what's interesting is you look back, and for the longest time, craft beer has been about a commitment to quality, a commitment to owning your home market, and now it's like the test begins. There are a lot of craft breweries out there, and it's really going to come back to uh, a commitment to quality and making sure that you're embedded in the fabric of your community. I think that taken into account, that's why we built the lab. We want to have a massive commitment to quality. Um, And right now, we don't really have a desire to go outside the five boroughs. There are so many people here. There's so many different palettes. There's so many accounts. Um, New York City in and of itself is, is somewhat of an anomaly in the craft beer market. Now, we also we feel really positive about the, the collaborative spirit of the New York City brewing scene as well, which I think, you know, we, we feel right at home already. We've only, you know, we're the newcomers uh, on the scene, but um, really supportive, very collaborative. Uh, we're members of the New York City Brewer Guild. I mean, everybody has been really, really supportive, and it's, it's, it's not been intimidating at, at all for us, and, and it's, been, it's been appreciative. And, and that's one of the things that I love about this, whether it's New York, New Jersey, or wherever else in the country. All, I mean, for the, for the most part, there are a few that are kind of rogues and don't want to help people, but for the most part, you, you find that I would say 90 to 95% of the, uh, of the craft beer owners do want to help other people. It's always about, you know, hey, we want, we want to yeah. see that little guy succeed because, look, you're all dipping into the same pot. If one of you succeeds, 10 of you succeeds, 20 of you, it, it only builds the brand. And obviously, let's face it, if you put out a good product, 
people are going to come back and buy your product. If you don't put out a good product, chances are you're not going to be in business too long, right? Yeah. No, I think it's, it's a commitment to quality yet again, and it's mutually beneficial. As long as all of us in New York City continue to pump out great beer, that means more people interested in beer, more people visiting tap rooms, um, getting entrenched into the culture of these individual brands, um, and, and kind of fostering that collaborative and creative spirit. Um, and I think that's what's, what's really special about not only craft beer, but particularly the craft beer market in New York City. Talking with Kevin O'Donnell and Blake Tomitz, the co-owners of a brand new brewery in New York City, specifically in the borough of Brooklyn, but they're all about uh, New York City and the five boroughs. That's why they're called Five Boroughs Brewing Company. Fiveboroughs.com, the website for more information on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So, Blake, in your bio it says you're a sucker for Scotch Ales. Kevin, what's your favorite style? I don't like to pick... One in particular, I like to kind of spread it all out. Um, I definitely think that a uh, this day and age right now, I'm, I'm leaning towards kind of the, the hoppy lagers, the, the India pale lagers, you might say. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of those the last couple of months at least. Um, so I'm obviously partially drawn to our hoppy lager. But um, I like a lighter beer that has some, some interesting flavors to it. Um, I don't really shy away from anything, but... Um, yeah, I would say if I had to pick one, it's definitely the, the kind of hoppy lager uh, profile right now. And last question for me, guys. What is coming? What is upcoming, let's say, I don't want to say right now, but let's say in a couple of months from now, what's the next big beer that you guys have coming out on the horizon? I think, I mean, naturally with the, the change of weather, we've got some, some pretty interesting, uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't call them seasonals, but different beers that are coming down. We went pretty light and, and lager heavy for, the, for our launch this summer with uh, – you know, pretty refreshing lagers and pilsners. Uh, we're definitely going to start playing around with some stouts and some other darker beers. We've got a, a beer to guard in the works for, for some of the colder months. And, um, yeah, I think we're, uh, we're going to start seeing some, some, more, uh, some more variety in our, in, our, in, our, in our offerings. My guests have been Kevin O'Donnell and Blake Thomas, the co-owners of a brand-new brewery in New York City, and they are located in the borough of Brooklyn. You can go see them, visit, and drink the beers. But, of course, if you go around all five boroughs, you're going to find their beer – at at one pl- at least one place in one of the five boroughs, and they want to get out there more and more. They're called Five Boroughs Brewing. Uh, 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 five Boroughs Brewing Company. Fiveboroughs.com is the website for more information. Or just go to their Facebook page too. You can follow them there and find out where they are going to be upcoming. Where Five Boroughs Brewing is going to be featured. Kevin and Blake, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thanks a lot, Al. You got it. When we come back, it's time for Suds and Duds, where I tell you what beers I've had over the past seven or. 14 days, and I tell you whether uh, one is a suds or what is a dud. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Joe Walsh likes to keep the rest of the world guessing. I really like the fact that seven months in, President Trump has the rest of the world nervous, wondering. I like the fact that finally an American president is taking this North Korea threat seriously. And you know what? Bad dudes around the world, they ought to be nervous. The Joe Walsh Show, weeknights at 9, right before Eric Metaxas at 11, and AM 970, The Answer. New York has the finest. New York has the bravest. And now for the first time on AM 970 New York, has the boldest hour. Tune in every Sunday morning at 11 for Bold Talk and Bold Ideas with your host, Correction Officers Benevolent Association President Elias Husamidin. Elias will cover topics that affect New York City correction officers, the public, and New York City officials. Don't miss COBA's The Boldest Hour, Sunday mornings at 11, here on AM 970, The Answer. It's Dennis Prager at 1, Michael Medved at 3. Weekdays on AM 970. The answer. 
Final segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash A G slash, excuse me, A G Craft Beer Cast. Email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every show. Of course, SoundCloud as well uh, for, I think it's Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. I have to double check that. But anyway, Little Queensryche and I Don't Believe in Love from the Operation Mind Crime album. The whole show uh, this week we've been featuring Queensryche since I got a chance to see them over at the Bergen Pack uh, the other night on uh, Thursday night with their new singer, Todd Delatore, And he does an amazing job. I mean, no... He's not Jeff Tate, but yet I don't want somebody sounding exactly like Jeff Tate. I want a little, you know, his take on uh, some of the great songs that Queensryche has put out over the years. And uh, that one from my favorite Queensryche album of all time, Operation Mindcrime. If you haven't haven't listened to it, if you haven't had a chance, go back, go find it, uh, grab the CD, download it. You will not be disappointed. It's a great story. It's a great concept. Uh, MTV ran a contest about it. Who Killed Mary? Uh, back in the 80s, it was phenomenal. I could listen to that album over and over again. It's one of the few CDs that I keep in my car that if I need something uh, to get me uh, motivated, um, I pop that in. And, boy, it has helped me uh, through many, many a tough time. So it's time for Suds and Duds here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. This is where I tell you about the beers that I enjoyed and whether they are a Suds or whether they're a Dud. So let's start off Paragon Tap and Table. I had a... Uh, I uh, got uh, asked out by friends uh, the other night uh, to have a couple of beers. So we started out with an Alpine Beer Company's Windows Up. Boy, I'll tell you, that's a good IPA, man. Nice and hoppy, real delicious going down. Uh, definitely one I would um, I would suggest. Uh, again, one of these, uh, you know, main uh, IPAs, New England, North, uh, n- you know, Northern, uh, Northeast, or whatever you want to call it. Definitely an excellent IPA from Alpine Beer Company. Then I had a Snapperhead IPA by Butternuts Beer and Ale. We had Chuck Williamson on the week before. You know, we talked about the Anthrax Pale Ale and, and uh, other beers that they put out. This is a little different. If 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 you're not into super bitter IPA IPAs, right? Very malty, very malt forward. Um, nothing like I've ever tasted. That's exactly how I described it. It reminded me of a German beer. Uh, to be honest with you. It was good. I liked it. Uh, just very malty, very malt forward. Uh, did not get a lot of um, hop, you know, did not get a lot of bitterness out of it. So uh, interesting one from uh, Butternut's Beer and Ale. But I did like it. It's definitely one I would go back to again. Then I was over at uh, Wet Ticket. Tim Pewitt is doing a tremendous job in Railway, New Jersey with his beers. I have finally had the opportunity to try to taste every single one of uh, Tim's beers uh, in a couple of different flights, and then I took home a growler for a barbecue. So started off with the uh, the Dream Ticket, which was the double IPA. Excellent. Subtle, yet a delicious double. Uh, not bitter, but smooth. Caramelly. Almost reminded me of Founder's Doom, but not really. Like there was the caramel in it. Um, somebody said to me at a barbecue that we were at, lemongrass. I didn't really get that. But I definitely got the caramel in it. I definitely got there was a sweetness to it. Um, but it was subtle, not, not overpowering. And then I moved on to their trolley hopper, which they had just released over the weekend. Uh, Love the peach flavor in this. You really, again, uh, nice hoppy taste. It went down smooth. Um, 
but again, not overwhelming. I, I think the one thing that Tim has been doing with his beers is that he's not overwhelming them with flavor. You get the different flavors in them, but they're not overpowering you to the point where you're like, oh, my God, I can only have one. So great job on that one, Tim. Uh, very impressed with the trolley hopper. As we move on with the Suds and Duds segment here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. I had a Kolsch um, next up. This is one that I really didn't enjoy that much. It was okay. Um, definitely not something I would go to again. Although, you know, the, the, the hoppy Kolsch, I enjoyed from them. But the Kolsch itself wasn't crazy about it. I don't know. It just didn't It didn't do it for me. So this one would be the dud uh, of the group right now. Uh, it just it didn't do anything for me. Uh, then I had a, a Kick the Bucket Brown, uh, which is, to me, this is a perfect beer if you have a fire pit. Nice and woodsy, earthy, great flavors. Definitely something for a a, a cool night uh, in the '60s. You throw on a little, you know, a couple of logs on the fire pit, and you rock out with this beer. Kick the bucket, Brown uh, from Wet Ticket Brewing. And then let's see, we moved on to uh, the Hefeweizen. The, now, Tim, let me tell you something from Wet Ticket, folks. This is as good a German style of beer as you will find. This was excellent, spot on. Uh, the banana, the clove, everything, it, er, just perfect. That's to me. This the Hefeweizen. A lawnmower beer. Right after you finish mowing the lawn, you're doing a little yard work, you want to have one or two or three and not feel like you're uh, you're, you're bloated, that's definitely the beer for you. Half of Eisen from Wet Ticket. Uh, then I had the dry hopped version of their watermelon wheat. Now, I really enjoy the watermelon wheat in its, in its plain version uh, from Wet Ticket. But this one is even better. Uh, very subtle on the watermelon. Uh, again, another lawnmower beer for me, but the, the the dry hopness just took it to that next level. Where again, you don't feel inundated by the flavor. You don't feel like you're overwhelmed. Now, could I have more than two of these or three? I don't know. I, I, probably two would be my limit, and then I think I would get I would get a little annoyed with the watermelon flavor. I'd have to switch it up to something else and maybe come back to it. But it is definitely a different a different taste, a different perspective uh, on it. And again. Not overpowering with the watermelon. So this one was excellent. Another great one uh, from Wet Ticket. I'm telling you, folks, if you live in New York City, all you got it's very simple. You take New Jersey Transit. It's five stops. You get off in Rowway. You get off the train. You come down the steps. Uh, I think it's a left when you come out off the steps uh, and one block and make another left. That's it. And you're there. You can't miss it. It's phenomenal. It's an easy ride. Half hour tops from the city. You know, well, then again, with the summer of hell, all the delays... You never know. But Wet Ticket Brewing in Rawway, go check them out. I love having a brewery five minutes from my house that makes great beer, that has a great tasting room, and the tour is very quick. It's literally five seconds. You walk in, they show you the barrels in the back, boom, and you can start sampling beers. It's great. There's food options. Uh, there's a pizza joint right up the street. There's uh, a meatball place. There's Cuban food, fried chicken. There's uh, a great place called The Waiting Room that's around the corner from there. Uh, the the, um, the Irving Inn Social. I'm telling you, great places to eat, excellent beer. Wet Ticket does a fantastic job in Rowway. You have to check them out. And then we moved over uh, back to uh, to Paragon Tap and Table for something to eat. I had a uh, a Trogues Nimble Giant. Nice nice beer. Good bite, smooth, piney, uh, well done uh, from uh, the boys at, uh, at, at Trogues. And then uh, we finished up with a, a local beer from Demented, uh, a Gallows Hill. Uh, great bite. The bitterness is just perfect on it. Uh, really went down smooth. So all in all, great Jersey beers, a couple of good local ones uh, from the Northeast, uh, an excellent job out of all of them. But, again, like I said, get over to Wet Ticket if you want to check them out. 
Great local brewer. It's five stops off the train in New Jersey Transit if you're coming from New York City. Uh, very easily accessible from the Parkway and the Turnpike. Check them out. Tell Tim I sent you. You will not be disappointed by their beers. They're doing a great job. A couple of quick news and notes to get to before we get out of here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Schmaltz Brewing. If you're a Star Trek fan, Schmaltz Brewing is the only officially licensed Star Trek beer producer in the United States. So they came out with a golden anniversary ale to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the original Star Trek last year. Uh, this year they came out with a Star Trek Klingon Imperial Porter. And now they have released Symbiosis to commemorate the 30th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation. They debuted it uh, at Comic-Con International in San Diego. They also had their official launch at the Star Trek Las Vegas convention. It's now available in four packs uh, at stores and on draft at select bars in 35 states across the country where uh, Schmaltz distributes beer. Uh, this one, I'm trying to see here, what is it that they, uh, if, you, if you want to find out where it is, schmaltzbrewing.com slash distributors. Um, this one is a, uh, it's a pale yellow, thick white head that it pours, uh, hops, aromas of ripe lemon and pleasant herbs. It's a dry, crisp and clean mouthfeel. Uh, a limited edition, smooth, easy drinking ale, uh, prominent wheat maltiness. So it's primarily a wheat beer uh, that Jeremy Cowan uh, from Schmoltz Beer has put out. Symbiosis, the 30th anniversary ale. That is in stores now. You can get that. And finally, you know, we talked about uh, BrewDog and how these guys, they launched their Equity for Punks USA crowdfunding uh, thing, how they were trying to raise $50 million and put bars in every town in America if you put, put up money. Well, they have announced they raised $7 million. $43 million short of their $50 million target. Uh, they got contributions from nearly 9,000 investors. $7 million is going to be used to help pay for BrewDogs USA's new 100,000-square-foot production brewery in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, they had hoped to break their own equity crowdfunding world record of $35 million. They did not. They came up with $7 million. Uh, they said uh, BrewDog has not disclosed how it plans to disperse the funds. Uh, they are they they were going to do this thing where they were going to gamble their investors' money uh, at a roulette table, but they did not do that. Uh, in the final days of the campaign, BrewDog says they secured a half a million over a 24-hour period. Company said added that 2,000 new shareholders invested during the month of July alone. Uh, listen, it's an interesting concept. They only got seven million out of the 50 million that they wanted. Will it succeed? Remains to be seen. Hopefully, they spend that seven million wisely. And uh, it builds their production facility, and the people who invested uh, get some return on their investment at some point. But, folks, we're out of time. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Mike Geller from 3-3's Brewing, Blake Tomnitz, and Kevin O'Donnell from 5 Boroughs Brewing, and, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.